This is my right foot. This is my left foot. And these are both my feet. On this episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Reflux capacitor, fluxing, crew, distinctions, scanning for enemy mine, 1985. Prepare to rewind in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Retro Rewind Podcast, where we take a fresh look at movies and video games from 15 or more years ago. You can find this episode at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash 132, where there are links to contact us and vote on the movies we cover. There's also a Patreon link if you'd like to be one of our amazing patrons, helping fund the show alongside Brian Keane, Deborah Powers, Jared Holzhauer, Chris Cowan, Patrick Hicks, Diego Avila, The Feel and Film Podcast, Pierre Guzman, and a secret patron as well. Thank you all so, so much for your support at all. It's so helpful and means a lot to us. My name is Francisco Ruiz. I'm a dad, designer, and I predicted that Enemy Mine would be a nostalgic movie. Now, before we introduce our guests, here is your Francisco's boop, 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 boop flash announcement. So what you probably don't know is you can now watch us when we record. Uh, You can watch us on YouTube. You can watch us on Twitch or Mixer. Uh, (laughs) Apparently... uh, Paul and our guests are very excited about this. Wait, is this a video podcast now? Uh, not not technically. I mean, we're, okay. we you can see us, but we're just talking heads. It's nothing spectacular. Uh, I mean, but like, like, is there going to be like a feed like in my podcast for video, or is this just still an audio podcast? Well, yes, there's still going to be no. There's not going to be a video podcast. We're not going to get like a separate feed for the video version of this. If you want to watch, okay. uh, we may not even keep these past, these videos for general public watching. Uh, you'll probably still have to go to uh, be a subscriber to the podcast for stuff like that, for our normal podcast. Uh, but if you've ever been curious what uh, this whole rigmarole looks like, uh, while we're behind recording, kind of behind the scenes, uh, you can f- uh, subscribe to us on YouTube.com uh, slash Retro Rewind Podcast, or you can subs- uh, follow us on Twitch or Mixer. Uh, and at both those places, we are Retro Rewind Pod. Uh, so check us out there, follow, subscribe. And if you're doing it through YouTube, uh, hit the bell so you can be notified when we go live. We try to go, we, we record mostly on Thursdays, uh, Thursday evenings, every other Thursday about. But uh, in November and December, it's going to be kind of uh, sporadic. There'll be lots of different days just because of holiday schedules and whatnot. Uh, but if you've ever been curious, check us out. Uh, and if you're really, really curious and like you need to know, just hit me up on Twitter at FXRUIZX or uh, any of the contact information we'll give you later. And I will let you know the exact next date we are going to be broadcasting. Wow. Wow, indeed. Lots of information, but that is your Francisco's boop, 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 boop flash announcement. Now let's introduce our guest. First off, you know him. I, I hope you love him. I love him. He's my <laughs> good friend and co-host, Paul, the master interrupter powers. Hey, Paul. <laughs> <Da-weech>. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry, 
<laughs> That's a different Jerry. Hey, Paul. <laughs> hey, Francisco. Um, here is your trivial question for Enemy Mine. The rubber-like Drac ration balls uh, that uh, you saw Jerry and also uh, Davidge eat were made from green jello. Oh, okay, good. Paul. <laughs> I don't know. That looked kind of gross or it scary. Did, yeah. It could have been something. I yeah. thought it was like green eggs, kind of like green eggs and ham. But, uh, anyway. but yeah, plasticky. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, Paul, if you were going to have to eat something, like for a movie, uh, mm. that was going to be a stand-in for alien food, what would mm. you want, regardless of how it looks, what would you want it to taste like? Like, would Bananas? you be method and want it to taste bad? And so would you it actually you yeah. show that bad or like something like bananas like you just said yeah i would probably probably prefer method but not like full like i don't want to eat tar you know <laughs> or, or it just tastes something. like p- poop yeah so Drive a uh, nutty. yeah sure oh i'm gosh. game just okay. as long as i don't get sick that is important okay well Thank you, Paul. And what was your prediction for Enemy Mine? I predicted Enemy Mine would be a classic film. Oh, very good, very good. All right, now we'd like to welcome back to the show. It's been much, much too long since we've had her on the show. If you go back to episode 54, you'll be able to listen to the last episode she was on. Yeah, more than... I guess Half that's our, our catalog. That's like three years, I want to say almost. Wow. It's uh, I ridiculous. I didn't realize it was that. Long. I know, but we'd like to welcome back to the show our communication shipman, Deb Powers. Hi, Deb. Hi, guys. Well, it's <laughs> you great sound so thrilled to be here. <laughs> no. Hi, guys. Sorry. <laughs> I'm giving you a hard time. I meant it. I meant it more to be more exciting. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Hi guys. That was that was actually Hi hilarious. Guys. I love that. Um, <laughs> Deb, since it's been a, quite a while, and I don't think I've ever actually asked you this question when when we were first and you're on as graciously as you have been in the past. Can you please tell us who your favorite actor is, actor or actress, working today? Oh my. Was that George Takai? Takai? No. Oh my. <laughs> oh no. my gosh. <laughs> Paul. Ooh, my. I I have I have so many, but the um I the first thing that popped into my head was Kira Knightley. I, oh, really? I really loved her. Yeah. Oh cool. I, okay. But but that doesn't mean I like everything she's in because it depends on the on the movie, on the plot. Of course. But in general, you'd say she's your favorite right now? Yeah. Very cool. um, nice. I love Pride and Prejudice, and she did a really good job with Elizabeth Bennett. So. Oh, nice. Okay. I, I thought have... she did a good stand-in job for uh, the Queen Amidala oh, in episode gosh. one. Yeah. Was that her? Yes. Uh, yeah, she is the bodyguard oh. stand-in person that looks a lot like Natalie Portman. Yeah. <clears throat> That's cool. I have to go back and watch it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's up there on the voting list, actually. Uh, episode one is up there. Um, but Star we'll get to Wars. that later. Yes. Thank you, Paul. Star Just Wars in case, one. we might have someone listening who I isn't suppose. a sci-fi fan. I, I don't know why they're listening to Enemy Mind episode. Good but, point, you know. yes. Anyway, uh, 
Deb, here's your trivial question. Louis Gossip Jr. Gossett Jr. said in a TV interview that he had talked while gargling saliva as a kid as one of those, you know, kid things. He told the director that he thought that it would add a good touch to his character. Gossett performed the odd vocalizations all by himself, no mouth prosthetics or post-production effects, and often wow. does the Drac voice at convention appearances. Oh, oh nice. I love to hear that. Right? Me too. So, yeah. so, Deb, my my question for you is, is there anything you used to do as a kid that has become useful or come in handy as an adult? Wow, that, that, I can't, I can't think of anything except, the only thing I can think of is that um, I used to, we used to play school and I was a teacher. Uh-huh. So I used to pretend being a teacher. <laughs> And then, and now I am one. Nice. So that's the only thing I can think of. <laughs> that that's cool, though. Nice. Very nice. And, Deb, what was your prediction for Enemy Mine? My prediction was that since I haven't watched this movie in uh, many, many years, I thought it's probably nostalgic because I haven't watched it in so long. All right. Yeah. It's been over 20 years since I've seen it. And in our memory mind melds, you guys w- remembered way more than I did. Oh, really? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for me, I'm sure. I, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I, I thought I knew the story pretty well. Yeah, you did, because I totally forgot he had a kid in this. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> uh, well, like you guys, it's been quite a while, at least 10 years, I'm sure, since I've seen it. But um, you know what? Let's, before we get into actually talking about the movie, Paul, will you lay, out, lay in our course? for this episode so we know what we're going to do. Sure, Alice, let's have a roundtable discussion on Enemy Mind and what we liked and what we didn't like, including what we liked most and didn't like most. We'll come back for our final rating and some feedback and announcements. All righty. Spippity-poppity. Alert, alert. Approaching target. landed on a barren planet millions of miles from home your means of transportation and communication are destroyed you are stranded you are defenseless and you are not alone enemy mine rated pg-13 starts friday at a selected theater near you you are not alone that I'm was much more podcast. intense. <laughs> that was much more intense and uh, a lot intru- more intriguing than the trailer I saw for it. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely sets it up as like almost uh, uh, survival against against an enemy, which I guess at first it was. Oh, yeah. But well, definitely. I mean, that's kind of why I remembered uh, enemy mine. Enemy mine. Yeah. So, but actually, now that we're getting into memories, let's talk about. Let's share our memory mind melt synopsis, sort of a culmination of all our memories from before we, re- we rewatched this movie and see if it sort of holds, holds together with what actually happens. A human, Dennis Quaid, and an alien he hates, Louis Gossett Jr., are better enemies, are bitter enemies, fighting in a war. They crash and get stranded on an isolated alien planet. Dennis and the alien... <laughs> 
made me think of Dennis and the Menace. Dennis and the alien are in trouble and have to work together and depend on one another to survive. The two wind up not hating each other and realize they have been unnecessarily racist. They become deep friends. The alien, come to find out, is carrying a baby. He He's male, but his species carries their young, kind of like seahorses. Anyway, Gosset had a baby and dies in childbirth, and the human becomes the father taking care of it. Then alien, the child, which Quaid has cared for, older now, is kidnapped by other aliens who are slave traders working in in a mine on the other side of the planet. The human rescues his adopted son, and they both escape. Uh, that was, I mean, there's certainly, there's certainly elements to that that were in this movie, but some of them were... So, no, that was technically correct, as I said. Uh, but, Paul, why don't you tell us, you know, technically, what went into making this movie... In terms of who was in it, who directed it, how did it do at the box office, you know, stuff like that. All right. Enemy Mind is not rated, runs an hour and 26 minutes. It was released on August 3rd, 2010. I don't know why we're covering this movie. It doesn't fall within our parameters. uh, Paul, I guess you watched the wrong movie again. I don't know why you keep doing this. (laughs) It was Enemy Mine, not Mind. Oh. Well, okay. So wait, uh, and, get wait, pause. Get in your time yeah. machine right now. Go back, yeah. watch Enemy Mine, then come back to the same second. Can you do that? Yeah. Okay, guys, you got to check this movie out. I just saw Enemy Mine, and let me tell you. Um, actually, <laughs> let me tell you, it's rated PG-13. It runs an hour and 48 minutes. Sure felt longer to me. But anyway, <laughs> it was released in theaters in the U.S. of A. on December 20th, 1985. Because, you know, it's a Christmas Yes. Oh, yeah. It's so Christmasy. Yeah. Uh, it was directed by Wolfgang Peterson. Oh, yeah. And he also directed uh, The NeverEnding Story, which we covered in RetroRewindPodcast.com slash 22. Yes. And it uh, stars uh, Dennis Quaid and Louis Gossett Jr., of course. Sure. But it also stars uh, Richard Marcus. Yeah. And Richard Marcus played Arnold, which was he one of the scavengers? Do you know, Paul, offhand? I, um, I have no idea. Okay, All but, I know is he, he plays Arnold in the 80s. No, he does not. He just played yes, Arnold. Yes, he plays Arnold in, in the 1985 movie. movie. <laughs> the, the 2010 movie, Enemy Mind. Uh, no. no. But he was he played Arnold in this movie. And yeah. he also played Nestor in Tremors, which was slash 23, if you want to go back and listen to that episode. Yeah, he may have been one of Dennis Quaid's, you know, friends. Who knows? Or or the brother that got killed that's... Uh, yeah, yeah. They, they don't really tell us. Sorry. Uh, but uh, Jim Mapp was also in this movie. Yeah, and you probably couldn't tell him because he is in Drac makeup. He played the old Drac who was enslaved by the scavengers. And also... <laughs> is odd but he was also played the additional bus passenger number one in the movie speed which was <laughs> slash 39 when we covered it right right next to cameron fry there yeah exactly and uh brian james was also in this movie yeah he he played the main scavenger Stubbs, and he was also in uh 
he was also in Blade Runner playing Leon, which we covered in RetroRewindPodcast.com slash 124. And he was General Monroe in The Fifth Element, which was slash 15. It's funny. I, I want to uh, take a brief sidebar and say that so far he's been in both of our patron picks with oh, uh, nice. episodes, which if you don't know what that is, uh, people that support us at the $5 or more level uh, get to, uh, we, we roll the dice every quarter of the year and whoever it lands on gets to personally pick the movie we cover uh, in that for like the end of that quarter. And it can even be a movie we've never seen. Uh, so if you want to be a patron, go retrorewindpodcast.com slash support and you can uh, support us on Patreon. Anyway, the last patron pick was Blade Runner, which had uh, Brian James in it. And this movie, which I'll just go ahead and say thank you so much, Dev, for being the patron and picking this movie and coming on the episode to talk about it. Wow. That is so awesome. Super patron. Super, super. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, he, he's also in this movie. So now whoever gets it next has to uh, make it a three-peat or a hat trick. Uh, so yeah. I would suggest Tango and Cash, because I've never seen that and always wanted to, uh, oh. or Red Heat, another movie I've never seen but always wanted to, or uh, you could pick 48 Hours, which I have seen, and that might be a good one to revisit. I don't know if Paul's seen any of those, but it doesn't matter because the patron gets to pick the movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but I'll put that out there to our current patrons. I, be thinking I about assure that. you that I didn't pick this movie because of Brian James. I, oh, uh, no, I think magic. secretly you did, Deb, because <laughs> you wanted to start a thing. You want to you be a trendsetter. I get it. I want to be a trendsetter, too. But uh, <laughs> you know what? Let's talk about how did this movie trend at the box office, Paul? Well, the budget of this film... Uh, was about forty million dollars, and unfortunately, it only made just over twelve million dollars in Ooh. the U.S. box office. Bad day. Why is that? Maybe Paul? Christmas time wasn't a good time for it to come out. Maybe not. Uh, I and, don't know. That TV spot looked intriguing to me, but yeah, well, sure. maybe it was the timing of the release. Did any of you see the? Um, my my DVD has uh, extra stuff on it, and it and it does speak to that. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't get to see any of the behind the scenes. No. Uh, you want to share real quick what's one thing that it spoke to regarding the the release? Um. Yeah. It it said that um during this time the sci-fi movies that were released and they went and they named them off, but. They were they were very um, adventure and shoot 'em up and lots of action and so forth. And this was quite cerebral. Mm. This was this the the plot was uh, the plot slow was and boring. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, it was you know its theme was uh, you know loving over love over hatred and yeah. uh, oh sure yeah. Not. And so that, you know, it, it's people are, you know, in the mood for action. And then this this wasn't really like that. So, so word of mouth was its demise. Or could yes, they tell that? But, from the it, but it has oh. since gotten a cult following. Oh, sure. Okay. That, I mean, I could totally see that. 
and we may talk about one, some of the reasons why it might have that cult following uh, as we move into our like section for Enemy Mind. So let's let's yeah let's talk about the things we liked about this movie, what we wouldn't make our enemies, and let's start with Deb. What's one thing you liked about Enemy Mine? Well, one of the things that struck me as it as it opened, um, I, I like uh, astronomy and outer space, and I, I like the way it opened the, the different um, scenes of, of space. And mm-hmm. and it, it may not have hit you guys this way, but it hit me this way that it kind of... Um, it kind of harkened back to the old-fashioned B sci-fi movies that I watched as a kid. It kind of had that flavor, mm-hmm. um, just just souped up a lot more, and um, so that that brought me a, a feeling of nostalgia, and I was uh, even more ready to watch it. Nice. Okay. Yeah, I can I can definitely see that because um, while the uh, the effects were. Um, when you say they harken back to uh, sort of B B sci fi movies, I think are you talking about sort of like at least with the spaceships, they look like they're miniatures or in, on a miniatures stage, like in that hangar that it was all miniature. I mean, that's what it looked like to me, and it reminded me of, of shows like Thunderbirds, Argo, or or things like that, where um, I don't know, is that what you kind of mean, Deb? Well, um, that's a good point. I didn't. Now that you mention it, uh, I can see that. But I was more thinking of, you know, science fiction are, is uh, really complicated and high tech and lots going on. And and as I was looking at the, you know, the planets, landscape, and so forth, it was it was much more simpler. Oh, you didn't, you I didn't see. Have a, you didn't have lots of things assaulting your senses. You could, you could kind of like, you know, oh, okay, I know what's going on. It's, yeah. You know, and and it just seemed like uh, <laughs> I don't want to say simpler, gentler, but <laughs> just <laughs> just it was just a nice change from all the you know in your face kind of stuff. Gotcha. So it's the Apple version where it's clean and simple by design. Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> something like that All you right. know i know we're not in the dislike section but um I, <laughs> but, but i'm gonna share just like anyway sure because the conversation is flowing this way and it's not one of my dislikes but it, one of the things that i was amazed by and i'm trying to figure this out with it being having a, like a 20 million dollar budget is yeah the the use of models this was 1985 it's only a model and i was thinking george lucas used models in his movies and and I think uh, Return of the Jedi came out 86. But anyway, at least the first two movies had came out. I was like, what is the difference? There's a vast difference between like the star- the look of the of like the dog fights in space between Star Wars and this. And I'm wondering why that was such a huge difference. You know, it's weird. What? Oh, do you have an answer for that, uh, Deb? I-, I was gonna say I wondered how they how they created the planet and then the costuming was quite uh, intricate. So. Yeah. Yeah. So sort of, I I guess I'm going to say me and you guys in the middle here. I, I, I'll, I'll say one of the things I liked was the special effects were definitely more impressive to me than I was expecting. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting them to be as good as they were. That being said, 
I was, for some reason, I don't think I realized when I was watching that this came out in 1985. For some reason, I thought this came out before or at the same time as Star Wars. Something so like, oh, 75. It's not, it's not too bad for a, for a movie contemporary with Star Wars. I mean, sure, it's not Star Wars, but oh, this is better than I thought. But now that you mentioned that, now that you're calling out, Paul, that it came out well after Star Wars. I'm thinking, why? It wasn't the, why wasn't it any better than it was? I mean, I, I like I if I were to set up my own camera and with like to shoot models and everything, I don't think I could have done a better job. But I was like, man, what are what are they doing at Lucasfilm that is vastly far superior in in technique? You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't know. But we're yeah. getting way into the weeds of the dislikes. It seems. Let's get back on track with the coolness of enemy mind the friend part of enemy mind uh paul do you have any of those things oh sure there's there's a few things i like about this movie one is uh some of the humor that was used for example oh. and specifically like uh mickey mouse is the great philosopher <laughs> and i think it's absolutely wonderful that we are right now recording live in California time on November 18th, which is Mickey Mouse's birthday. So it's oh, very really? fitting that oh, we're wow, doing that's this. Awesome. That's why you posted <laughs> that to Instagram. Okay, that makes much more sense now. <laughs> About Mickey Mouse's birthday being Well, today? no, all those all those shots of how Mickey Mouse has progressed. Yeah, years, and yeah. the hashtag is happy birthday, Mickey. I didn't read the hashtag. Anyway, okay. <laughs> that, that definitely is so, fitting that... Yeah. Uh, very cool. Um, Deb, what's something else you liked? Um, one of the things that uh, I thought was awesome was um, when he had, had when um, Jerry the the Drac had the book around his around his uh, neck, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and he was, um, you know, being a Christian, he. I, I could really relate to how he, of Wait, course. He Jerry was a Christian? His, no. No. Go ahead. As he was studying his little book and meditating in times of stress, like I would lean on the Bible. <laughs> and uh, so I could relate to that. I, thought, I see. Oh, okay. I thought, wow, that's, uh, that's amazing that he's, it's not a talisman to him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's meaningful and it it uh, speaks to his spirit. He's trying to he's trying to um, survive by getting strength from that. Yeah, totally. That's a really good that's a really good insight. I didn't I didn't, I, I didn't think of it in terms of that he was uh, sort of. I, I think I was thinking of it as he was using it kind of as a talisman-esque device or a totem as opposed to, oh, this is learnings of my great philosopher that I'm I'm studying and meditating on. And I don't know why that didn't come through. I mean, that seems like it definitely should have. But, yeah, I, I, I can totally see that now. So thank you for illuminating that for me. You're welcome. <laughs> In fact, that goes into my next like, Perfect. and I I love the line that uh, that is shared between the two characters. David begins, 
as he's uh, after uh, Jerry asks him to translate what he just read from the little book and Francisco, if you want to insert the line, I don't know if you can from the movie because it's kind of, we think this is Uh, a high production podcast where I can just insert sounds like this. Ulvo da Lubo. Translate. If one receives evil from another, let one not do evil in return. Rather, let him extend love to the enemy, that love might unite them. I've heard all this before in the human Talmud. Of course you have. Truth is truth. But what you have not yet learned is the way we Drax express the truth. The words of Shisma. And I love that, that, that it talks about how true... First of all, it, it, it this movie takes on the uh, the philosophy of truth and what is truth, and it goes on to talk about love versus evil and w- what to do, how to treat enemies, and I think um, it does. Uh, it's brave enough to address it, and I think it does it really well. See, that's one of my likes too. That the line "truth is truth." I just did a Bible study on uh, on Luke six, where it, where it has the golden rule. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. And and one of the things that uh, I in my research is that many many philosophies uh, talk about this. Yes. Oh yeah yeah. But, but it's always in the negative. Really. Don't do harm. Yes. Don't do harm to someone else. Oh. If you don't them to harm you kind of a thing oh oh but, i see but that jesus, treat people how do you want to be treated in other so, philosophies she's talking about paul keep up no i just saw an i just saw an advertisement um a commercial and it was like a bank or somebody said we here uh follow the golden rule we want we treat people how we want to treat people and i was like wow okay um the the thing about Jesus is that he said it in a positive way because it's easier to avoid doing harm to someone else, but you, but to go out of the way to do good to someone else, because he said, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Mm-hmm. That's, that's proactive. Yeah. Which is hard. And in that same, in that same section, that's where he says, love your enemies, and um, if uh, someone uh, hits you on the cheek, turn the other also, and give him, if he wants your cloak, give him the, uh, your second cloak as well, mm-hmm. and that, that whole thing, it's, it's, it's like we say in English, the, the idiom, going the extra mile, mm-hmm. and so... It was really great to to see that come up in this movie after I just taught it <laughs> the, the weekend before. Nice. That's awesome. Uh, so that's something you both liked. 
Uh, I like that, the sort of hearing more of the philosophical parts of this movie, but that's not something else that uh, really struck me as to put on my likes. Uh, Something that, this goes back to almost the, the practical part of the movie, I really thought the the alien creatures were pretty imaginative. I liked what, yes. what they did with the beetle crawling guy and how the one uh, creature that has the almost like a, what's what's that type of fish called that has the light on the end of its oh yeah antenna fish. a what a what fish Deb it's called a lantern fish the one that has light on the end of its antenna it is I could have sworn it's calling something else. Well, the Latin name is insert I will, here. I can check. <laughs> what, what, what did you say? Insert here. <laughs> In Latin, lantern spelled with a J or an I. An I. That's what it is. Anyway, uh, but I loved how those would actually eat the beetle creatures and there's this whole ecosystem set up. I just yeah. wish there was more of that because that was – you have this whole planet and there's only these two, th- I guess there's the slugs that they eat too, but I just, well, right. But there wasn't an abundant of water around. So there, That's the, a, a good point, the life yeah. would be limited. Okay. I was wondering how they survived so long with so little water, but that, that's <laughs> fair. Um, though there could conceivably be an alien, alien creature that doesn't that need don't water. Require yeah. water to survive all that much. True. Um, I but, confirm okay. that the that it is a lantern fish with okay. the antenna and the light at the end. Okay, thank you. I don't know why I thought it was called something else. Weird, um, but uh, cool. Thank you for confirming that, Deb. Uh, let's see. So that's something else I liked. Uh, Paul, let's go back to you. What's something else you liked? The Mictophidia. That's what? the lantern fish. That's the scientific Latin name oh for the lantern. Okay, fish. yeah, about enemy mine. What? <laughs> no, but like going, a- going off. Moving on. <laughs> all right, going off the the aliens. I loved the costumes and especially the Drax, uh, the skin and the scales and the attention to detail was amazing and very creative. Just uh, echoing what you said. Um. Uh, yeah. An anglerfish. No, see, that's what I was talking about, guys. An anglerfish. An ang- I looked up too. The be- lantern fish does have a light on the end of it. Okay, I don't know why I'm. Uh, okay, that I believe you. Oh, okay. So now it's all, all okay <laughs> for everyone to talk about this because I tried to talk about it earlier. Like, no, let's we gotta talk about the movie. And now we're back to this again. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I figured oh, I'm going to look this up and it's going to be like they said. You should have just believed him. But no, I knew there was some, another name for it or a different okay. type of fish that I was thinking of. Okay. I apologize, Paul. Will you forgive me? I, I, like, the, yes. I like the costumes too. And one of the things that I thought was amazing was how they made the the things on the side of his neck bubble. You know, it's yeah. Like a membrane, and it would yeah. go out. I thought that was that was very uh, effective. <laughs> yeah, know. very much. I don't know you why don't know you guys like that. About? No, I know exactly uh, what we're talking about. I don't know why we're talking about this now, but okay. Because you know why? Why? Uh, something else I liked. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about costumes. I, I I know, but trying to move it forward. Uh, something I I really liked was I really in in this. I 
so appreciated uh, Lewis Gossett Jr.'s acting to be able to act and emote through oh, all that makeup and the costume. True. Yes. And his creative ways of saying or even like laughing and snickering and yet making it alien like. Yeah. I thought. He, it was so effective, and I so appreciated his performance. Mm-hmm. To me, um, he's the standout actor for this movie. Totally. I, I mean, if we're making comparisons, I think of a similar character in, I mean, similar, I guess, from Last Starfighter, the, the I forget his name. Which, oh, yeah. Oh, Dev was also on. That's I didn't realize that. RetroRewindPodcast.com slash 24. But I don't remember what his wingman's name was. Grok or Greg or... Gary. Gr- was it Gary? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. I'd be like, Gary and Jerry, that's crazy. Um, I know, right? But uh, but I feel it was like... Grig. Grig. Yes. Yeah, throw him in the brig. Oh. No, Grig, G-R-I-G. That's what I said, Grig. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's why I said booty traps. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> I, I feel like here, Louis Gossett Jr.'s makeup was like, so much more ridiculously done here. So yeah, detailed. Um, but again, let's not talk about that now. Um, but that, yeah, that he could emote through that is definitely a testament to his acting ability. Um, another thing that I would say is a testament to both, um, Louis Gossett Jr.'s and Dennis Quaid's acting is their exchange when they're, um, sharing each other's lineage. I thought yeah. that was the, uh, for me, that was the most emotional part of the movie. I just, I got really taken up in that. And I loved how, um, how Jerry was extending, like, honor me with your, who you come from. And he's saying, um, uh, uh, Willis Davidge of, and then he says his parents and his mom was a cook. <laughs> or no, his grandma was a cook or something his like that. His grandma was a cook. Yeah. Uh, I I love that, and then when he's singing his um, lineage, it's uh, is really a beautiful moment. So I really like that. Yeah, um, that was a great moment. I I can I add something to that? Of course. The way um, Dennis Quaid reacted during that scene and during the scene when he was talking about when he was sharing about the the Talman and. You know, if if Dennis Quaid didn't seem impressed, that would have detracted from um, from Gossett's performance. Totally. But you can tell. I mean, you know, it's like I don't know how actors do this, but you can tell when realization dawns on their face, and you can you can tell when they're. I mean, his eyes got watery, and you could tell he was deeply touched. Mm-hmm. And I think that the combination of the way they played off each other made the scene so powerful. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think with that, uh, Deb, why don't you give us one other thing you liked, and then we'll get into our classic makers for Enemy Mine. Okay. I really appreciated just the, um, the arc of the relationship between Will and, and um, Jerry, that they, um, I, I just love the way it went from from being enemies into being good friends, and mm-hmm. and you could tell, you know, it was 
And it was a real friendship. It wasn't like, oh, now I hated you before and now everything's fine because, you know, um, Davidge almost kills him yeah. <laughs> at, one, at one point, you know, because they, it was like that before he said, I think we're all going crazy. And um, I liked that. And then I really loved the relationship between Will and Zammy's. Oh, yes, totally. I, really I, I thought that, you know, that he really showed how much he loved that little guy. That's interesting that you th- that you had that interpretation of the relationship between them. And I'll say for me, one of the tropes I absolutely adore in a storytelling is when two characters that are enemies become friends. I do love that. There's a way this movie did it that I didn't appreciate, which we'll talk about in the next section. But the but that they are enemies the and become friends. The idea of it. Yeah, the idea like. of it. I the really execution liked. could have been better. Exactly. But, bef- uh, okay. but before we you get know what? To- before we get to that, I'm going <laughs> to say I like the way they did it. So there, I agree with you. Mom. Thank you, Paul. All right, moving on. <laughs> Thanks, you know what? Guys. I may agree with Francisco. I'm going to have to wait and see what he says. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I may agree with Francisco if he, if he, if he says it. Makes a good if point. I, if I execute my point well, okay, I get it. Yeah, exactly. Before we I get to, <laughs> before we get to the things we don't like, though, which that might be part of it, uh, let's talk about the things we absolutely loved about Amy Mind. Our favorite things, our classic makers, is what we call them. Let's. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to start us off because I feel like it's the elephant in the room, but <clears throat> the makeup on Jerry was so spectacular. I mean, I kind of alluded to that a little bit ago. We were talking about the acting and how uh, Louis Gossett Jr. portrays it through the makeup, but I was just, I was stunned at, yeah, the little, the things blown up on his cheeks and the size of his head, all the little spines and just the intricacy of them. It was, and then, I was going to say, and then his performance of his, like his tones, like you guys were saying before, just, just totally sold it. But I mean, I, I mean, I, you could, I have not seen an, an alien humanoid look so good in, in my recent memory or past memory. I, the, that is just that the one that was supposed to be like, not just totally like, I've seen crazy, amazing looking ones, but ones that are supposed to be humanoid and like us in certain ways, like talking and have a, I guess a similar culture, same type of uh, technology in in a way that was amazing. So, and without the help of CGI. Oh yes. Without the CGI. Oh my goodness. Yes. It was just spectacular. So that was my classic maker. Uh, Deb, why don't you give us your classic maker for enemy mine? Well, this is uh, this is what you were just talking about, uh, Francisco. The theme, the I- the plot idea of how um, hatred turns to love, mm-hmm. and the the thing that just impressed me was that Davidge is trying. Oh, he gets there. He's trying to kill the guy. He's, mm-hmm. you know, I mean. I'm thinking you're stranded on this planet. Shouldn't you like try to make some kind of peace negotiation at least <laughs> temporarily <laughs> or something? Let's work together. But, he, but but this 
this drac follows he follows the teaching that he reveres instead i mean he could have killed davidge oh sure yeah many many different points mm -hmm. and and he he uh tied him up instead he tied him up mm -hmm. at first he didn't kill him there were so many times when um, Jerry made the first move towards uh, towards peace or mm -hmm. friends. Mm -hmm. There were several times during that, mm -hmm. and I, I have to I have to mention that um, it was so ironic because at the film at the film's opening, it talks about all nations on earth are at peace with each other. Yeah. And I'm like, finally we reach peace. And then it says, yet we're ready to fight because, hey, you've got what's mine and mm -hmm. I don't want you to have it. So mm -hmm. now we're fighting out in space. And mm -hmm. I thought, there's the crux of the situation. We may have made peace with each other, but the, but the old covetousness and the old greediness is still out there still in the heart and now they're fighting aliens yeah, yeah. so haven't really advanced as much as they thought they were gonna yeah because the enemy of my enemy is my friend yeah so we will join forces we either need all need uh jesus i was yeah. gonna say a common enemy <laughs> if 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 earth was there if humans were ever going to be all peaceful with one another. We need a common enemy or a king that we all have to follow. That like the Watchmen. Back. What? In the movie The Watchmen, the uh, the reason why the the world basically is at peace because they form together. At least in the comic version, uh -huh. the ending is like there's an alien attack. So, uh, and in the movie version, it's, it's Doctor Manhattan. Manhattan. Yeah. So it's the same idea there. Were they at peace though? That's what it was alluding to. Oh, but, okay. Uh, in the comics, they that. make it more. They make it more uh, specific. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Overt. Yeah. Regardless, I do want to give a little bit of pushback. Well, I'm curious what you think about this. So, we we played that clip about not returning. Um, uh, evil. For evil, evil for evil. Yet, why are the Draxen fighting? Right, and but I was gonna say that for the dislike. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, okay. well, can I? But we can. We, we we brought it up. Let's talk about it now because it's not one of my dislikes. It was just something I was gonna bring up. Okay, but okay. So let's talk about it now. Go for it. Because well, <laughs> because the 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 humans said okay, we put a claim on this star system, and they um, they're talking about. They talked about it. They start blaming each other. But actually, the Drax were already there. And humans said, hey, now this is our star system. And they were like, I think the Drax were defending themselves. Well, they took that way because they were squatters. They weren't. I don't know who got there first. I thought from the conversation that it was the Drax were already there. But you, 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 I think you they did mention something about squatters. Right, but I think there was that both was a human perspective. Right, True. I I think it I I think this is what happened, and I could be wrong. And um, I think the humans were exploring that area, 
And then they moved on to explore other areas. And then the Drax kind of moved in after they left. Oh. But there, they didn't leave any humans there to to guard it. But so when they came back, they were like, "Hey, this is our area." Like, no, it's not. We've been here. You know, I, like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So anyway, um, I thought it. I thought it, it. I'm more like on on what you said, Francisco. Here you have Jerry uh, killing. Um, you know, Dennis Quaid's friends in yeah. their other starships. Yeah. And, and, but, oh, as soon as you crash on the planet, why aren't you trying to kill him? Um, uh, but I also understand if it's for survival only, that's one thing. But it's, but if it's because you're supposed to love your neighbor, that's conflicting. But it also makes it more, um, complicated because it's kind of like, oh, yeah, I did this, but maybe I shouldn't. Maybe he had a change of like uh, of heart and mind. It's like, oh, maybe after crashing on the planet, maybe this, maybe he had second thoughts. Maybe I shouldn't, or maybe he was going off the, the hey, I'm just defending. He honestly thought I'm defending my area. Yeah, and not you know. And it, I, I'm curious also if it could be. Because he gives no indication that he's going to be rescued or thinks he might be rescued. Um, like, oh, let me get to a radio station or make sure my antenna is still working or whatever. At least we're not no, he, we're not shown he, that. He thinks, wait, the uh, jury's going to be rescued Jerry. because yeah. he said, take oh. my son to the elders. He was he was going to teach his son yeah, to, he, the song to take to his elders. But he had no, uh, why would he, it had been three years or something by that point. Why would it? Uh, or two I years. think why would it he was been, hoping that his son would be rescued? Maybe by the you know eventually somebody I would come. Maybe was, not in his life. He was just had this. He wanted to hang on to something before he passed on, and he's saying, "Well, I want to have at least hope that you're going to get him there. So just promise me, and you'll figure it out. Hopefully, maybe I." Okay, to Here, me, let me give seem, you an impossible task. Pretty get much, off this planet. Much. Go to a place where everyone hates you into their secret, sacred realm. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, regardless of that, I feel like he didn't, it didn't seem like he had to be rescued. I'm trying to speak to your point right now. Um, okay. That, uh, or was Depp's point? Whichever yours point, it speaks to it. I wonder if he, okay, crash lands, oh crap, I'm alone now, I don't think I'm going to be rescued. Maybe he, uh, maybe he's like, oh yeah, my parents uh, brought me up with this tall, what, what do they call it? Tallman. Tall, tallman? Tallman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the teachings of this guy, yeah, yeah, okay, well, my parents said, I'll, I guess I'll wear this thing. And he's like, oh crap, now I guess, you know what, I, I'm really stuck here, uh, are you really out there? Like almost like a come to Jesus moment, I guess I'd say. Um, and maybe that's why he's like, there God, it's me, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> well, sure. But maybe, and so maybe that's why um, he's like, well, this is all I have now to hang on to. And so that's when, and maybe he starts feeling uh, for, for all we know, maybe Davidge is an answer to some prayer that maybe that he doesn't want to be alone. I don't know. Uh, but that's all. Arguments from silence. No idea if that was going to. It's all speculation. That was intent. Yeah, speculation. We can move on. I just moved right. to that point. Uh, so I think we've done my the thing I like the most, uh, the thing Deb liked the most. Paul, what's the thing you like the most about Enemy Mine? 
shockingly, it's very similar to my mother's. Oh, and that is <laughs> what? And I'm and not surprised anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and and the what I like the most is the story, and what I mean is the general story, like what you were saying, Francisco. It's the trope that how enemies uh, come to learn about each other and actually like each other and yeah. become friends. Yes, and I think it's this is an important story to tell and share. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's what I th- that was the classic maker for me. Very good, very good. Well, before we get to our dislike section, though, uh, we like to go out to social media. And uh, though I, I will confess, I'm only human. I haven't been doing a great job about posting to all of social media the places or the movie we're about to do. I will try to do better. Uh, so ask for your grace in that. But we, uh, Paul did a good job this time of posting that we're going to cover Enemy Mine. Enemy Mine. And uh, here is what some of you had to say. Eric Purcell says, I remember the old boy giving birth towards the end. What a movie. I like it. Uh, MJ, do you have any input on this one? MJ. Yeah, Mary Jane. No. Michael Jackson. I don't know. I'm not sure who MJ is here. Okay. Um, Michael Jackson didn't come to my house to ask to use the bathroom. But his sister did. (laughs) Thanks, Chunk. Uh, But... Uh, then, so thank you, Eric, for that feedback. And sorry, MJ never seemed to post anything to answer your question. But uh, Jordan McDaniel said, It bored me to tears as a kid. I never finished it. <laughs> <laughs> He's mi- he should watch it again. Yes. And give it another shot, Jordan. Well, I guess you could listen to this and make up your mind based on our rating. But. The section we're about to get in is probably not going to uh, lighten the load any. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about the things we didn't like about Enemy Mine. Uh, and I will start us off. So, uh, when I'm watching this, Davidge, uh, Dennis Quaid's character, crashes. He sees the smoke in, of the crash site of the Drax ship. And he's like... Oh, I'm so full of revenge. I'm just going to go out. No supplies. I'm not going to look for anything in my ship. I'm just going to go kill that Drac. I'm like, seriously, dude, you have no training? I mean, we find out he took a gun with him, but it looks like he takes nothing. And it's like survival skills, you should like set up your camp, assess what supplies you have. You should do all this stuff before you go trekking miles to go kill this guy. I just... I felt like that's either him being highly incompetent or a huge oversight in his the military service training of him of what to do in that type of situation. I just Option that annoyed me B. because he's not thinking rationally, and I'm sure this does happen. Uh, he's reacting out of the emotions of, of his friends getting killed and. I'm sure it does happen because it happens in sports, even though that they train all the time. They're like, oh, you push my friend. I'm going to go after you in a big fight. But happens. that's not like you a know. survival situation. Like you're on a I, planet. I agree. I agree. Good. He was being irrational, okay, emotional. Then we can continue. Which, you, can, you agree yeah. with me. Perfect. I, I'm happy with that. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, but I, I, I agree with Paul in that. Well, who also agrees with me? So we're all in agreement with Francisco. Yeah, Perfect. In the heat of the I agree moment. with you in part. However, <laughs> here was this poor young co pilot 
that because of Jerry, because of not Jerry, because of Davidge's, because of Davidge's uh, hot-headedness. I'm going yeah, after Viper. He, uh, yeah, he <laughs> he was going after him uh, beyond all ri- all you know reason. Good, reason. Yes. And because of that, his his friend now is dead, mm-hmm. and and it just and he's feeling like super super guilty. So not only that, he's grieving his friend. He's he has all this guilt, and he and he's thinking about all his friends that were shot out of the sky as well. And the only thing on his mind is, you know what? That guy is there now. I can survive later, but I am going to at least avenge my friend's death. Yeah, but I feel like he'd be in a better position to avenge his friend's sure. death if he yeah, was. If he was thinking rationally, but he's not. He's thinking very emotionally. Well, and, I, I was going to say, the, I was going to lesson, boys and girls. Leave what? emotions at the that's door. The, what? <laughs> yes. No, that's but, the lesson. Is to think rationally. I was going to say, I feel like astronauts are like, they go through all this um, mental, tr- like they only select certain people to be astronauts who aren't right. overly emotional, who aren't going to lose their head. But at the same time, this is way in the future where I'm sure they right. they need pilots to yeah, they, just be out there. Astronauts. Yeah, yes. yeah. Okay. So that's a... These are hot-headed a- mavericks who think they're the best and who do flybys when they're commanded <laughs> not to. <laughs> Well, in this, I want to butt. This, this kind of situation, um, and I, I, I don't, I don't, I wonder where I got the idea. I don't know if the, it said so in the in the behind the scenes or or if it was said in the movie. But they weren't fighting constantly. It would yeah. be like they. It would be like long periods of nothing. Yeah, and then I think that then was there the was skirmishes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. So it's not, and they were to a point, you know, where they said, they said, you know, hey, let's just get these guys and go home. Mm-hmm. They they weren't they weren't even um, thinking about the possibility that you know what you could die out here. They all they were thinking of, you know, let's pick these guys off and then we're done for the day and let's just go home. Yeah, they weren't taking their jobs that serious. Yeah, and so. So that that kind of um, the fact that they lost some ships and and his friend died, that kind of pushed him out of his apathy, and now he's like over the top. Yeah. That's so, like you point. said, lack of training. <laughs> okay. Well, let's let's move on to the things you guys didn't like. Uh, I we spent way too much time on that. I apologize, uh, Deb. What's something you didn't like? Well, there's very little that I didn't like. I liked everything almost. But um, I did think that the alien animals, I mean, they were they were good, but I thought they're a little cheesy compared to what they are today. Oh, fine, Deb. Fine. Sure. I mean, that was sure, the only no, thing I could think of. I, I thought it was, I thought it was, um, do you mean in terms of it, design or how they were executed or just the the types that they were? Or what what did you mean by that? What do you mean by that? I guess because uh, 
because we've seen so many other kinds of aliens. Oh. They, they seemed uh, they seemed a little bit vanilla. Yeah. And and not and and I Rocky really Road. didn't even get a get a really good look at the guy with the antenna thing coming out, but didn't Star Wars use that somewhere? Well, in the trash compactor scene, there they had an arm yeah. that would get them. It wasn't quite not quite. No, yeah. I would say it's not. I thought it was creative, but um, kind of lacking on design. At first, when I saw the the beetle thing come out, I was like, "Oh, cool! See, this is back before CGI." Because today, that creature would have been totally CGI. Oh, totally yes. But the way it moved around was like a Roomba or something. <laughs> it was. It, it it looked like it wasn't quite touching the ground, like there were wheels underneath or something oh, moving it around. You know, what? I honestly didn't think about that. Like, I never really stopped to think, how is that moving? Because that's obviously a puppet or something. I actually bought right. in that it was an actual like beetle thing. So. Oh, good, yeah. good. You're supposed to. Yes, yeah, okay, good. And and I did appreciate the fact that that the beetle things had hard enough shells that they could use it for shelter. I yeah, thought it was that creative. was creative. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. 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 Uh, oh, see, even my dislike had some like in it. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally fine. Uh, Paul, actually, I'm going to hold off. I'm going to share something else I didn't like. And Go for it. This actually, you know what? It's, um, I think it goes against something. So you went against something of mine that I like, Deb. Now I'm going to shoot for one of yours. Uh, <laughs> you. It seemed like... It sounded like you liked the overall pacing of this movie. And maybe that's not what you were trying to say before, but that's what I in- inferred. But for me, the pacing of the first half of this movie seemed very awkward. Like, it, mm-hmm. it, like I felt like the parts that went too fast, like they would jump whole months in terms of showing uh, the life of Davidge and Jerry. They would compress those to like just a cut. Oh, it's 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 summer now. It's winter or or what have you, um, or the and then the things that I felt like okay, we we got this. You can move on. Uh, some other things I felt like could be compressed that they let linger. So I and I don't know. I I can't give you specifics. Unfortunately, I just I had the sense like it felt very jarring as they were telling the story to me. Mm-hmm. So that's something else I didn't like. Uh, I didn't. I didn't feel that at all. I was okay. just totally into the movie. All right. Well, awesome. I'm glad you were totally into the movie. I was totally into the aliens. We're all good, guys. <laughs> yeah, we're all good. We're all aliens. Until we get to my dislike here. Okay. Well, which and that which is, is. Sorry to go against you, mom. Um, but basically, any dislike that we have is going to go against what you said because you like everything about the movie almost. <laughs> so it don't feel bad. I don't. But. You said you liked the opening credits. And while I do like it's not white text on black background, I did think... I I need to get a t-shirt of that. It's white text on black background, and it should be white text on a black (laughs) t-shirt. I hate white text on a black black background. That would be amazing. (laughs) Um But I did I did appreciate uh, like what you said that the uh, the background was the stars and the landscape and it was I thought it was an amazing detail I thought it would, looked really cool uh, but it, it it did a good job of being slow 
and warning you that this is going to be a the the pace of the movie. I agree, Francisco. Kind of is that it to me? It felt slow and boring, <laughs> and it was one of those movies where I thought. I could have sworn it was over two hours. It just felt to drag oh, wow. on. Um, and the good, the opening credits did a good job of doing that. I would have preferred that they cut right to the battle scene and that they did the credits during uh, oh, the yeah, battle scene there. Good. Yes. Um, but then it's not set. It, then it would be setting you up for a whole different kind of movie, you know, oh, and maybe point. it would have yeah. been better off that way. But yeah. that's for another, you know. And I was thinking, well, maybe they didn't do that back then, back in 1985. But actually, just a couple hours ago, I put on uh, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, which was in, like, 81. And they had the opening credits as they're going through the jungle of, like, where, you know, and he's going into the... uh, the thing to get the statue. So no, they did do credits over the start of the story. But it wasn't, I don't think it was, that's what made uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark and those kind of movies, such blockbusters as they were. But that was done four years. You had four years to catch up and get your act together. (laughs) Okay, guys, it's been a long, it's been a long time. I don't know how applicable this is, but I'm going to go ahead and force this and say it's time for a retro, retro, re, 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 rewrite, mm. where Francisco <laughs> tells you how the movie should have been made, also known as Francisco's Fabulous Fan Fiction. It's fabulous. It's fabulous. <laughs> so picture this, guys. And this is a bit, I think this is more how movies are made now. So, but I'm going to say they, they should have made it this way. I feel like this would solve the problem you're talking about, Paul. If they opened up the, the movie, with Davidge crash landed on the planet, or you, you you see this pilot or something, he wakes up, he's in a deserted landscape. You don't really know what's going on. He's maybe injured, maybe not. He's like looking around, and as he's looking around, you see the credits sort of on the screen. It's very like, it's very sort of tense, and you're not sure what's happening, but it's also slow because he's he's sort of getting a lay of the land. He's actually more like what I'm saying, assessing the situation um, and seeing what he needs to do. And then as as the credits start to fade, you get flashbacks of what happened. And he's sort of like remembering, oh, yeah, this happened. And then he's starting his emotions welling up. And then he's, and then he's overcome by it as you see, as it goes to these quick flashbacks of the battle and his, uh, of him, of him losing his, uh, the co the pilot guy, goose, you know, his goose. Yeah. And then he goes after, the guy, I feel like that would set a good tone for what the movie was going to be like, and also give brief flashes of. Fa- I, I feel like this is the way to go. So I'll do you one better. Oh, okay, go for it. Get rid of the flashbacks entirely because those are too actiony for this movie. But I feel like if they're and, and in you little... could get the story of okay. him waking up and seeing his crash landing. It's like oh, and he makes a line like oh man, I need to get back up there and fight the war or some you know fighting. But and you then need you to see, the, well, you could get it without. I, think. I feel like that would help set up. Oh, the crash over there and what happened. You like use all the same footage. It just you'd use different filter or something to show that's a flashback, and just briefer sh- shots of it. I think that would. Nah. All right, all right. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I, I like it, Francisco. Thank I you, like Deb. It. Thank you. See, Paul. Your mom likes it, well, so I, it's got to be I good. have my own. Actually, I have my own rewrite for my uh, tragic maker. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll be sure to give you the 
Paul's fabulous fan fiction. Um, but you know what? Speaking it's of that, not as fabulous because it doesn't have the alliteration. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but you know what? I think you know you mentioned it, Paul. I think we're there at the Tragic Maker section. So why don't you give us your Paul's fabulous fan fiction? Well, before I get to that, I'll explain why. I felt Dennis Quaid's character was not very likable. Oh, wait, wait. I, I got I got alliteration for you. It's Paul's proposed plot. Okay. Hey, I like it. Except it doesn't really work in this case, and I'll explain why here. Um, I didn't. Really, <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I didn't really like Dennis Quaid's character. Um, all, I didn't feel he was that likable. Like you said, Francisco, he's a lot hot-headed in some areas, yeah. and he's he's trying to actually yes. he's trying to choke. He goes crazy. Like oh oh, first of all. He's trying to choke and kill the alien after he's trying to help him. And and then he goes, oh, or we're going crazy. I'm like, dude, you're just an unlikable jerk. <laughs> and, you know, so actually what I would I and I think the story suffers because of his character. Yeah, I would have I, I would rewrite it and change his character to be more likable. And maybe. If it if it were written as uh, Matt Damon's character in The Martian, mm -hmm. I think I found his character a lot more likable. Oh, totally. And so yes. if you had him as the main character and his attitude and everything, I think it could have helped the story a lot better. Yeah, I well, could that, see that. That would be more cerebral. Exactly. That's what we're wanting. A cerebral movie. It's already supposed to be that way. You need to commit. Yeah, if you want an action just, movie, make an action movie. If you want to yeah. be a cerebral movie, then you got to well, make I think it. That's, that I think that's what I think that's what uh, made it more interesting for me because that would be the that would be the expected uh, way you would think the plot would go, but to have Dennis's. Dennis Quaid's character is very conflicted. He's he's not. It's it's what somebody that that lives by his emotions and not so much by by his brain uh, would do when faced with such a you know such a. Um, well, see, that's what I think is even more interesting is you have someone like Matt Damon who is more cerebral in The Martian, but he still has a hatred towards this race. And how does he uh, work oh, that see. out? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's a toss up between here's an emotional guy and how he would react and here's a. Here's a more more intellectual guy, and here's how he would react. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think the movie suffers because of it. That's me. Yeah. I think I think you need someone somewhere more in the middle, where because if you get too intelligence driven, uh, the the I think the audience would expect them to not to totally dismiss uh, Jerry's faith. And if it's too emotional, we get what we got here in Enemy Mine. So somewhere in the middle, I think, would be maybe what we're yeah, shooting for. You can for. have an emotional guy, you mm -hmm. know, you, but like Will Smith or somebody or, you know, I thought Dennis Quaid did an Welcome okay job. <laughs> yeah. Um, but just the character that he played, you can make him more likable. Yeah. 
Gotta save that cat. You know what, yeah. Paul? That actually uh, feeds a little bit. I, my tragic maker touches on that a bit, but in a diff- from a different angle. Um, I feel like, and this uh, relates a bit more to my whole pacing issue, but they seem to pick up one another's languages way too quickly. I mean, they seem well, they to were get there like for years. Did you see that no, beard? It the, takes like twenty years in to the grow. beginning. In the beginning, before there's any beard yeah. growth or anything. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's like. Yeah. Oh, 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 your name's Jerry. Oh, oh, yeah, I'm Davidge. Okay. And and then like food. Oh, f- just and because their relationship or their uh language develops so quickly, it's like their relationship is almost just is developed too quickly also. And at least from what we see on screen, I I feel like they go from enemies to friends very abruptly and then all of a sudden oh we gotta throw in this meteor shower to uh catalyze that oh there is they're not great friends so davidge has to leave and he goes and finds the the scavengers but then comes back but i feel like that whole that whole him leaving was just for plot's sake so that we could learn about the scavengers it wasn't really an uh it wasn't authentic to who the characters were um, at least from what we'd seen, it, it seemed very odd that all of a sudden he's like, "Oh, I'm going to kill you and leave because we're crazy and we're we're just getting crazier." It seemed like at that point they had been together for two or three years or however long, and it's I felt like they would have had an even tighter bond at that point. Not if they're going to experience this like madness thing, I think it would have happened way earlier and and their when their relationship wasn't as tight as it was so, so it just timing. seemed yeah the whole timing seemed really off in turn i mean i suppose they're different than me they're different than me and my friendships maybe whatever it was for their personalities it just gelled that way but it didn't it didn't feel real to me and uh in terms of at least how human human relationships would be maybe human drag relationships are infinitely different but that's what bothered me the most about this movie um, I, I can see that. I, I thought that, um, I thought they picked up the language pretty quickly. I'm like, I'm like, wow, they're, he must be very good at languages. Right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, are, but not that good. I, that I will admit there is some suspension of, of belief there. Yeah. Thank you. In, in that, in that whole, um, but but I, I did believe it. I I, I thought it was believable that, um, you know, he's he's trying to be friends, and they are friends, and then the, you know, after he's he's taking when he's trying to kill the when he's trying to kill Jerry. Yeah. He's just taking out his frustration. I mean, he's been there three years and they haven't been rescued and he's so why take it out on the person who's because you know what? He's such an emotional guy. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But but anyway, and the fact that he leaves because he can he can see he thought he was making progress, but he's not. He's got to get out and do do something different. And so he leaves to see if there's any other options out there. But I, I hate the fact that he leaves 
Jerry behind. Yeah. But he's in he's in such a space in his head mm-hmm. that he's he's just got to go and and. See, well, he thinks he hears the ships, and I don't know why yeah. he doesn't tell Jerry that. That's what no, did, he did. didn't make sense to he me. He did. He said, I hear the ships, and, and, and Jerry says, it's all a dream. It's just a dream. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. I didn't like the fact that he came back to Jerry and said he saw nothing. Oh, That's yes. What I that bothered like. me, too. It's like, Well, do you about- know why he said nothing? Yeah, because he didn't want them to know that there's a slave, a direct slave colony over there. You know yeah, what I mean? But what does he gain by lying about that? I feel yeah, like at that point exactly. in their relationship, they should have been exactly. able. They needed to know that to trust one another. And yeah, yeah. Well, he's a he's afraid that um, that they're gonna come after him. Yeah. All the well, more reason to tell him so that they're prepared. But you know what, Francisco? What, this Paul? sets up the fact that uh, he doesn't he doesn't take the boy to see the the mine. You know what I mean? He just says no, stay away. Even though he's curious, he doesn't show him. Even though the boy says he wants to see it, which I thought would have been your tragic maker. Is like, oh, <laughs> this rebellious boy doesn't listen. Goes gets himself caught. He deserves it. <laughs> Well, why would that be my tragic maker? He got caught. He did deserve it. Because <laughs> <laughs> the fact he didn't listen. Well, yeah. But there are consequences for that, weren't there? Yeah. 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 So it's fine. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. We've, we've, well, we've had I, that. I tell you what, when he, was, when, he said, when he said, I've never seen my own kind, that broke my heart. Oh, and I thought, yeah. I, yeah. I yeah. would have oh. said, I would have said, I'll show you to see yeah. But from you a got distance, to realize right? Got to realize the circumstances, and this and is why, why it's I so dangerous. To, why it's so dangerous? Mm-hmm. I don't want you to go over there. Right. So, um, but like I said, that that fits his character because it's the same kind of character yeah. who wouldn't tell uh, Jerry that about the slave, uh, the mine, yeah, or whatever. It so is. he's irrational, uh, yeah. Deb. What was the most irrational thing about this movie for you? What did you dislike the most? <laughs> well, my 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 tragic maker is not in the irrational arena. <laughs> Fine, step all over my segue, Deb. That's okay. Sorry. <laughs> That's Sorry. what we all do. <laughs> now, I don't know exactly where this scene came up. It was a dream. No, it's there was one point, I think it was when we were first introduced to Drac, to the Drac, we could see his full face. Uh-huh. And it looked, all the other times, the makeup looked seamless. Mm-hmm. But the very first time we see um, the Drac, it, it looks like he, it looks like a mask. Like, you know, like here's his eyes and then. Oh, and I didn't notice. Here's yeah, his I, nose. I mean, it it looks like I'm like I don't think he I don't think he should look like that. Yeah. It's I mean, it took me right out of the movie oh, because wow, okay. it, it it was um I mean I'm like is he supposed to look like that? <laughs> but then other because if he is, you know, that's the design. But but the other facial uh, shots. 
don't have that. It's seamless. Mm-hmm. It, it it looks like there was a mask put put like oh this is where the mask begins and this is where his real face skin is. is. Yeah, ah. that's weird. Uh, yeah, I don't recall that, but I mean, uh, if that's a good movie, then I I appreciate things like that taking people out of movies. So that's that's annoying. Yeah, and I and then I. You know, if that's the way he's supposed to look, but I don't think he looked like that or the way that the film was shot, it wasn't so noticeable. Right. It wasn't, it, it, it didn't look fake. Can, can I ask you a question, Deb? Yeah. Are you sure your real tragic maker isn't that he somehow gets to the Drac homeworld without any issues and is able to just take Xamus up to the front without any problems. It's just easy peasy. Oh, yeah, come into our airspace. Yeah, you have a, a Drac kid? Oh, yeah, I'm oh, sure you're, you're no, not no, lying no, about no, that. No, 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 no. That wasn't easy. In fact, that's a whole nother trilogy f- for another time. They just wanted to wrap it up for our sake, you know, because they ran out of money. <laughs> So, Francisco, what I did with that... I'm not I trying had, to pile on another treasure no, maker no, in no. your treasure maker or anything, Deb. I not had, at all. I had my own Deborah's fan fiction that Ooh. I threw there. Cool. So, and I thought it was a little bit a little bit contrived that his three friends came to rescue him. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, yes. Against, uh, against all that, you know, he blew a hole in the right? side of the... <laughs> Of the building, you know, kind of a thing. Uh-huh. Um, but my fan fiction was, you know, it did take quite a bit of negotiation to get him to that point where he could take the take uh, Zamis to his home mm. planet. Oh yeah, it would have to take all kinds of gyrations to make that happen. Right. It was like, okay, this is like fast forward, and this is what happens in the end. Uh-huh. Right. Kind of a thing. Yeah. You can't yada 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 taking him to the council. <laughs> <laughs> There's Jay. just no time to show all the real journey of that. Jay, Jay. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I think that about does our uh, things we didn't like about this movie. So with that, we've entered all our targeting information into the firing computer. Alice, do you have a firing solution for us? <laughs> Firing solution complete. Rating salvo at the ready, on your mark. Do we rate Enemy Mine a classic movie? We'd recommend anyone go out and watch this. A nostalgic movie, we'd only recommend it be rewatched by those who liked it as kids or liked it in the past. Uh, or a tragic, we'd recommend no one go see this movie because it's not worth your time and doesn't hold up today. Uh, let's start with our guest. Deb, how do you rate Enemy Mine? Well, um, I, I, I was kind of on the border between classic and nostalgic mm-hmm. because I thought if, if, people, if people don't like science fiction, then it's hard to recommend it to them. But... Sure. Um, the idea of how the hatred is turned to love and about, um, overcoming odds like that. I think it's such a needed, 
good overcoming evil kind of a thing, mm-hmm. um, even when it's within ourselves. I think that's such a message that everyone needs to see today. And so I would rate it a classic because then I would recommend it for that reason to anyone. Yeah. Ooh, very nice. Yeah, I think there definitely is something to be said about. Um, I've Well, I've heard someone make the argument that if you could have a friend with one person from every, like, uh, country – if everyone had a friend from from uh, every country, then we wouldn't have any wars because you'd have. That's ridiculous. I, <laughs> fine, I Paul. Like Let's go. I like that idea. <laughs> it's not my idea. I appreciate that though. But I think I think okay, it'd be harder to have wars if every single person had one friend from every single other country. Um, yeah, because you wouldn't want to go to war with someone you're friends with. So. Wow, life is way more complicated than that. There's new countries coming all the time with coups taking over. It's like, oh, the friend that you're friend with is the actually the leader of the coup that took over. Oh, but someone else is fighting him because they don't like that he took over. And so you're going to help with that. See what I mean? It's just way too complicated. See, Paul's being his realistic self now. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. Anyway, fine. But classic from Deb. Awesome. Uh, Paul? Realistically, how do you rate this movie? I I was on the border between tragic and nostalgic uh, because it's so long and boring. <laughs> and um, but I do agree that the uh, story is important. And if you did it, if you did enjoy it, uh, grow, you know, and it's been a few years. Yeah, I'd recommend checking it out again. It. It's not going to be this, oh, it's an amazing movie. Where have you been all my life? That kind of thing. <laughs> uh, but uh, so I would say nostalgic. And, you know, of course, if what we said sounds intriguing, go ahead, check it out. But All right. So a classic and a nostalgic. For me, I was, I was waiting for us to have a conversation about the movie. Um, I was borderline on what I was going to rate it. Uh, but after our talk and um, thinking back about like what sort of the, are the qualifiers for uh, uh, classic versus like nostalgic versus tragic for me, um, I'm actually going to have to rate Enemy Mine a classic. I I right. really enjoyed watching it. I like I, I definitely it definitely has its flaws, and uh, but I think the the message is really strong. I like how there's actually spirituality in a sci-fi movie. I feel like a mm-hmm. lot of the time that's sort of uh, just sort of done away with like sci-fi might have philosophy, but not anything with like, Oh, there's something that we can't see or know or measure. Well, that can't be uh, exist. Let's not speak to it at all. Um, so I like that there was that element in uh, this movie as well. Uh, and I, I would definitely share it with my kids when they're grown and yeah, so for that, it's a classic for me. Uh, so overall, according to the Retro Rewind podcast, we rate Enemy Mine, a disputed classic movie. We'd recommend you go see it. Oh, and I will also add, if you didn't, like Jordan, uh, didn't thought this was boring as a kid, I think you'll probably appreciate it more as an adult. So if you, But that doesn't mean you'll like it. You will appreciate it more, but that doesn't mean you'll like it. Or you could like it. Who knows, Paul? All right, Jordan, give it another shot and tell us. Exactly. And and, and Jordan uh, works as a youth pastor. I think it would be it would uh, promote discussion, lots there, of discussion. Exactly. Show it to your youth. See what they think about. Oh no. Uh, 
asexual age appropriateness having, <laughs> having babies gross oh, body yeah, that parts was everywhere one of the things that that was one of the things that was uh incepted because i oh, thought you it, thought it was seahorses yeah like it was like, like drac was a male um when he yeah, wasn't but he actually was, he's both he's both yeah and I, I thought it was interesting that he says, you know, you guys have a choice when you want to have children, but it just happens for us. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was interesting. I, I'm be curious if the if the screenwriters or I'm not, I don't think this was based on a, a, a current. It work. was. Oh, it was. Okay. It was based oh, on a novel. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Is called there Enemy a novel Mine. by that name? Yeah, it's called Enemy Mine. Are you sure this and isn't the novelization the novel. of the movie, Paul? Yes, it's oh, okay. based on the novel. Okay. Can According to Wikipedia. So can, can you tell me so I can write down the author? I would li- love to read the story. Of course, you ask me when I don't have the page up anymore. But Whoa. hold on. Let me, well, while let you're bring bringing that up, back up. While you're bringing that up. Um, which, can I talk now, Paul? I don't know. Can you? Oh, my gosh. So that's yes, you can. Our final <laughs> rain. Thank you, Deb. Of enemy mine. Uh, now, Alice, will you please bring up our uh, communication satellites so we can hear any feedback or announcements we have? Comsat online. Receiving incoming transmission. Hey, whoa. All right. So, Barry, hey, B. Long- Barry B. Longyear wrote an. Yeah. Enemy Mine on, in 1979. In fact, there's a series. There's a four-part series. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. The first book is called Enemy Mine. It came out in 1979. There's also... Uh, oh, never mind. Sorry. The second book is called The Tomorrow Testament. came out in 1983. In 1997, so like what? 15 years oh, later, he wrote The Last Enemy. And then... Okay, that was so that's a trilogy, I guess. But then it says four, there's it's collected, it's like a collection of different stories and called the Enemy Papers that came out in 1998. Really? That's all that's all by this guy, uh, Barry B. Longyear. Longyear, wow, well, cool. I learned something new every day. So that was the first announcement right there. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Uh, also, uh, one, as we usually let you know, but if you are a new listener, if you go to retrorewindpodcast.com slash vote, you get to vote up and down the movies you want us to cover. Yeah, everyone gets a vote. Uh, everyone gets one vote per movie, but you can vote on all the movies up or down. And uh, we will take, when we're done with our current set of uh, movies, we will take the first five of whoever's vote high, voted highest, and we will cover those. So we like being uh, directed by our listeners here in terms of what we cover. And if we were to close voting today, voting won't really close until uh, late January 2018 at this point. But if we were to close today, here are the t- five at the top of the list now. We have the 2002's Spider-Man, Sam Raimi version. Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Legend. Uh, that's the Tom Cruise unicorn movie. Oh, okay. Uh, Pokemon, the first movie. and what? And Tombstone. <laughs> wow. I'll be your Huckleberry Tombstone. That's that 
And you mentioned that episode one we talked about before. Yeah. So here it is coming back. <laughs> Kara Knightley and that being yeah, Dexter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, also want to mention that if you go to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash store, that will redirect you to our uh, Teespring page where you can find our T-shirts and hoodies. Who knows? Maybe by the, maybe uh, in the future, someday in the future, soon you'll see. Uh, I hate black, uh, white text on a black background, black T-shirt. That would be yeah. amazing. Uh, <laughs> but you'll only get it there in our uh, store, I'm sure. Uh, and that's uh, all the announcements we have now. Uh, no feedback this time, at least none that I found. Uh, but if you want to send us uh, feedback, you can go to retrorewindpodcast.com slash contact. There will, there's a little form you can fill out there that will get, those will get emailed to us. Uh, we love reading feedback and, uh, that you send us on the show. You can also interact with us uh, via our retro rewind podcast, uh, Facebook page or our group, the retro rewind the group experience. Uh, and yeah, easier way to get there is retroreviewingpodcast.com slash group. Uh, we have just about reached, though, our last nap point and the end of the episode. If you are new to the show, thank you so much for listening this far. That means a lot. I, I imagine you hopefully laughed a lot. Maybe you cried a lot, but... At- <laughs> I hope maybe you just woke up and you, you realize that you've been oh, listen, you left your this? podcast off. Oh, whoa. <laughs> what are they talking about again? But listen. In any event, whether you are listening to, to this through osmosis or not, uh, thank you for listening Diffusion. to this far. And I if don't you, think they're listening underwater. Osmosis is through water. Really? Sorry, really? go for it. No, yes. I think it is through water. Yeah. Osmosis is a greater concentration moving to a lesser concentration through water. And why when do it's people through say air, that? Because they're misquoting it all the time. It's diffusion. Because the 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 saying, "Oh, I learned it through diffusion." Nobody understands that. Because the no it's, osmosis. It, I, I don't think it has to be through water. I thought that just meant you learn it while you sleep. Oh my god! No, <laughs> osmosis is a scientific term. Oh, now we're bringing science into this. Oh, I see. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, let me continue reading this yes. my spiel while you guys give me a, a science lesson. Uh, you can subscribe to the show, though, and get all the science talk you want <laughs> on iTunes, <laughs> Stitcher, Google Play Music, or any podcatcher you want. Uh, if you have been really digging this show for a long time, and you're not a current patron, please consider supporting our show. You can support us at for as much as you like. It can be $1, it can be $5, it can be $100 per episode. I mean, I'm not going to stop you. But uh, if you if you support us for at least a dollar an episode, which is about $2, $2 a month because we release bi- biweekly, uh, you will get more content. You'll get uh, movie commentaries. Right now we have a Clue, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze, and The Goonies commentaries available for you. We also have uh, our... We used to do new tubes, which were things we were currently into, as well as games we've done. We're currently in a season of doing movie and theology discussion, so we'll be doing uh, a movie and theology discussion on Enemy Mine here in a bit. Uh, Lots of fun extra content for you, and there's also other things, too. 
uh, depending on different reward levels. For instance, if there is a draw in, let's say, Paul rated Nostalgic, Deb rated Classic, and I rated Tragic, oh no, we'd have a draw, but we have uh, patrons at a certain level get to actually vote on the movies uh, we're going to cover, and they can be the tiebreaker. So with that, let me say with that more, <laughs> please consider being one of our patrons. And to all our current patrons, thank you so, so much. With that, though, see, I told you there's going to be another with that. We have now reached Nav Point Omega. Paul, do you have any intel on our next mission? All right. Since we just covered Enemy Mine with Dennis Quaid, uh, next time we'll be going to the year 1987 for the movie Inner Space. That be fun? No, I don't think we're actually doing that, Paul. No. Okay. Nice try, How about though. we go back? Back to the year 1985 for the movie Cocoon, because that's, you know, science fiction. Are you, are you like, are you staging a coup right now? Do the movie oh, we're going to do. If I was a coup, I'd say, let's go back to the year 1985 for the movie uh, Lady Hawk. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, but seriously, next episode is a big one. We're going to be going back to the year 1999 for the movie The Matrix. So, what? Uh, oh my gosh. Whoa. Why is this a big one, Francisco? Because this is going to mark our five year anniversary for being a podcast. Yes, we have been on on your interwebs for five years now. Wow, right. congratulations. Thank you so much. And thank you for so, being here since close to the beginning, Dev. It's been awesome yeah, having you on each time. I ha- I've been gone because being in Japan, the timing of, pot- of of recording is very difficult. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so thank you for making it work this time, though. I really appreciate that. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Awesome. So, yeah, so we're going to go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no you no, go ahead. No, go. No. No, 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 no you. All are, right. we gonna, are, are you ever going to do the osmosis thing? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're going to leave it to the listeners to look up, and it'll probably start a Facebook discussion group. There you oh, go. Okay. All right. So, but if you want to share your memories about uh, this movie or The Matrix or talk to us about anything like osmosis and the difference between that <laughs> and diffusion... You can contact us at Retro Rewind Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. And also check out our videos of game streams and pod trailers on youtube.com slash Retro Rewind Podcast. And if you want to find me, Paul J. Powers, you can go to pauljpowers.com where I have all my social media links. Awesome. Thank you so much, Paul, for reading all that out. For I'm sorry, you, you knew that by heart, right? You're not reading that. I was about to say, I don't know what you're talking about (laughs) reading. I I don't even know how to read. Uh, Thank you for sharing all that, Paul. And thank you also for being an awesome friend, awesome co-host, awesome drag. I mean, oh, wait, you're not a drag. Pronounced. (laughs) Sorry. Awesome. What? Oh, thank you. Awesome interrupter, too. Yeah, it keeps us going. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, Anything to make it longer. Wow. I also want to say a very special thank you to Deb once again for coming back to the show. Always awesome having you here, our communications shipman. With your next time you're on, you'll be 
uh, I was going to say upgrade. You will be promoted to a a chief, which will be awesome. Wow. (laughs) Does she get the, like the feather headband and the, the tomahawks and all that non-racist stuff? Oh my gosh. He went there folks. Uh, but thank you Deb so much for being on the show. Is there, where can people find you online? And is there anything you'd like to promote? Uh, they can contact me through the podcast and I don't have anything to promote. <laughs> Alrighty. <laughs> Thank you, Deb. <laughs> Ever. Ever. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> um, but so... Thank you, Deb. And thank you most of all to you listening right now. Uh, it's whether you're doing push-ups, whether you're doing pull-ups, whether you're washing dishes, on your commute, whatever you're doing, wherever you are. Thank you so much for choosing us to listen to. And I pray that you're way more joyful than when you first hit play. And don't forget <laughs> that you can find us on the Retro Junkies Network at theretrojunkies.com and catch us on the Christian Geek Central Network at christiangeekcentral.com but like a Pokemon we gotta catch you all later on the next episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast Retro Rewind Mission Complete Proceed to Nap Point Omega and return to base Francisco, hmm. what did my parent look like? Your your parents look like my friend. <laughs> <laughs> See, because Deb's my yes, friend. I'm your and, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>